The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast. My name is Daniel Savage. I am the pastor of discipleship here at Providence Church, and I'm joined today by uh, Scott Reiner, pastor of Kids Discipleship here at Providence, and Jarek Oxendine, pastor of Student Discipleship. Guys, how are y'all doing today? Good, Daniel. How are you doing? Thanks for having us. I'm doing great now. <laughs> what, 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 how were you doing earlier? I was doing okay, but I just learned about your spiritual gift of beatboxing, so yeah, we, that's yeah. made my life a lot better. And you were working the mixer right there a couple of moments ago. Yes, we've been having too much fun that's only, with the podcast it's machine. It's going to be on the blooper reel. That's your, that's your lead to show us your spiritual gift. Okay. I tried to we use the sound machine, but it didn't did. work. Um, okay, good. Um, well, we're continuing uh, our sermon discussions. Uh, we're in the fourth week now of the Raising Kids sermon series. Uh, Brian just finished it. And so we are going to talk about the last and uh, the fourth and final week of this series. The title of the sermon was Aiming for Transformation. And um, man, it was really good thinking about the heart and transformation of the heart and how that works and why it should be our aim. Um, so really thinking about how, how, to, how to change, how do we change um, as individuals, and then how do we help uh, shepherd or, or parent um, change in our kids. Uh, so Ephesians four seventeen through 24 was the text. Uh, I'm going to read it real quick, and uh, then we will spend a few minutes discussing it. Um, so this is what it says, starting in verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have learned about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So obviously the uh, kind of the gist of the overall passage is our transformation or our sanctification that we're, um, we're, we're putting off the old self, dying to that former self and putting on a new self, a new life created in Christ in the likeness of God, true righteousness and holiness. So how does all that work? Uh, that was what the sermon was about. Uh, three points, and then I'm going to go to Jarek uh, for kind of his one of his takeaways from the sermon. But the uh, first point, transformation begins by tracing sins to their source, so really thinking about the heart. And number two, transformation comes from seeing the light of Christ, so um, looking at Christ as the, that power for transformation. And then three, transformation grows by being renewed in our imagination, where he really dug into that uh, phrase uh, being renewed um, in the spirit of your minds. So, uh, Jarek, what was a takeaway uh, for you as you heard this uh, final sermon here? 
Yeah, um, I'm going to point back to the first one of tracing. transformation begins with tracing sins to their source. The reason I, I love this is because I can see how that identifies even in my own life. Um, so when I think of this area of aiming for transformation, I like to say that um, instead of behavior modification of what we want our kids to do and how we want them to live, Brian saying, hey, let's aim for the heart. And as we aim for the heart, then... Uh, it would overflow into their life and the way they behave. Because he said, you know, we can tell kids, say thanks. We can tell them to share their toys or we can tell them don't to watch that. But he was asking the question, how do we help their heart to become thankful and automatically say thanks or to um, be generous because their heart has been changed and then they want to share um, or then they want to desire purity, purity so they're willing not to watch that show or listen to that song. And so I feel like that's his whole motivation is like, hey, how do we aim for the heart? Because again, Brian said over and over, uh, even a person who has a hard heart can still love, but they just love in the wrong direction. And so we can still look good on the outside, which I feel like is my own story and testimony is that we look... I felt like I identified with the older son in the prodigal story that I was close to the father, meaning um, that I looked on the outside as if I was a Christian. But honestly, in my own life, it wasn't until a high school senior, um, junior, sorry, um, that my heart was changed. And then uh, my heart wanted to be close to the father versus whatever the father would give me um, or looking like I was someone who was close to the father. And so I think that's just a, a good reminder for our parents. And even for, for me, it's like, how do we keep digging deeper to the heart issue um, versus, you know, Brian said, hey, maybe you feel shame or guilt by the way your kid is behaving in this way. And so you want them to change. And so you say these things or put up these rules and restrictions to where then their behavior changes. But at the same time, you're not getting under the surface uh, down to their heart. And, you know, that's where Brian goes into the second point. He's like, hey, we need them to see something. We need them to see Christ, which would then ultimately be the power which gets down to the source. Um, cause he says, if we see the source, um, we need to make sure that once we point them to the source, Jesus is the one who has the power to change their hearts, which then changes their behavior. And so this idea of them being captured over and over by who Christ is, their heart being changed by who Christ is, is the thing that's going to motivate them to live a life that's honoring and pleasing to him, which is what we want as parents to see them walking in the truth, to see them following the Lord in this way and it being ownership of their faith versus we're trying to tell them over and over to do this, do that. Like they would then in turn want to do it. And that be something that's rooted in them for the rest of their life into eternity. Yeah. It brings us back to the big picture of parenting, right? That um, my goal is not just to keep them out of trouble until they're 18. My goal is for them to, walk with Christ and to do that for a lifetime. And if I try to control them just with rules and boundaries, um, that as soon as they get, as soon as they leave the house, that, under, that's from, all out the window. Yeah. From yeah. under your authority. Like yeah. I'm making decisions that I want to make because my heart wants to. Right. So we can't, yeah. You, you want to sacrifice the long game for the short term wins. Yeah. I think it's just terrifying in some ways to me Like you feel there's, we've talked so much through this series about how hard parenting is and the demands of it. And then when you get down to it, like I just feel a huge sense of powerlessness 
over a lot of this because ultimately it's not, it's out of my control. It's out of our control as parents to transform the heart. And we can do all these things, do everything the books say to do, the podcast that you listen to say to do, you know, what the Bible says to do. And ultimately we're the best work of parenting happens on us praying on our knees that mm. God would transform our kids' hearts. And yeah. yes, we want our kids to do the right thing. You know, Brian mentioned towards the beginning of the sermon, like the goal isn't good instruction to our kids. It's for our kids to demonstrate good works. So that's, what's going to glorify the father. And, you know, we, we can focus on the good instruction and that alone is not enough. And so I've, I've just been reminded over the last few weeks through this series of just the powerlessness of it, even though parenting is so powerful and, I mean, there's so much influence about what goes on in the home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think I, I, that's a, it's just a good reminder um, of our need for help, like our dependence. And I, I have to remind myself of this a lot um, as I'm trying to think about parenting and wanting to do everything right. But the reality is uh, my, my parents did a great job. I was in church all the time. And I still had plenty of opportunity to mess everything up as a kid and, um, and then even as a, as a teenager. And I look back and I can see God's grace, you know, that he protected me from so many things, um, things that I wasn't ready to, to kind of say no to certain things or I was, I was inclined to certain mistakes and, and yet the Lord was with me and uh, protected me from so many things and I, I think about that all the time, that I, I that we as parents, we could do everything right, and yet the Lord has to move. He has to work. He has to, he even has to protect our kids from themselves, or they won't make it. Um, and so that's just, a, it's a good reminder for all of us uh, that we need to do all these things, and we have to work hard at it, but we should work even harder uh, at prayer and just pleading with the Lord. Uh, to protect our kids, to hold them fast, to give them faith, uh, and to open their eyes to his glory and his goodness. Scott, what's something that uh, stood out to you? I was going to say real quick, I think two other biblical truths about this idea. Uh, Colossians 3 is a parallel passage to Ephesians 4, and it basically lists a lot of the same things. And it starts with, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, and then list a lot of these things. And I love the start of that, just God reminds us, you know, Paul reminds us of that first part that as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, like we are his and because we are his, then we can go out and we, we can put on these things and we're not clothing ourselves in new things out of a workspace mentality, but we're doing it because we already, this is where it goes back to what you said, Jarek, about, you know, activity comes from our identity in Christ, that we are beloved and chosen in Christ. And in light of that, that's how we respond. And so doing that for ourselves as parents and then trying to figure out and help our kids, you know, anchor their behavior and how they live in light of what Christ has done for them. Yeah, that's good. What stuck out for me? Uh, the biggest phrase, and this is probably my biggest takeaway from the whole series is, and Brian said it a couple of different times, and it's just this idea of slowing down. I, I think it's we could spend a couple hours unpacking what it means to slow down, how to slow down, uh, but just to slow down. And this relates to week three of the sermon, like our kids need time that we have to invest time with our kids. And so how do we invest time? We just got to slow down and we transform our kids by slowing down. He made the comment, we have to be willing to miss stuff in order to be a good parent. 
I've been flipping back through today a short little book about a really big problem. Kevin DeYoung wrote a book called Crazy Busy a few years ago, and it impacted me then. And just looking back through it, uh, thinking about this sermon and this idea of slowing down, I, just, I mean, he's just got a lot of good truths in it of just practical ways to think about slowing down that as parents and in the society and culture we live in, like we think busyness is the point to life. And we think we constantly have to have our kids jumping from activity to activity. And because of that, we can't invest the time we need with them. Often we can't, we don't create the moments to allow transformation to happen the way the Holy spirit tends to work because we're just so busy with life and extracurricular activities. And yeah, so just slowing down, thinking about how to slow down, how we need to slow down, in our own lives as parents, as adults, to spend time with God. You know, he referenced again just our need for not tiring to read the Bible, like just making time to do those little things, like in the fruit they will bear. And we talk some, Jarek, you know, statistics they point out there about how, you know, a lot of a lot of parents think, hey, my, ch- my kid has a chance to play professional baseball or soccer, and we, you know, devote time to that. And uh, there's, you know, the statistic that was made up recently, like, our kids have a 0.02% chance to make it pro, but they have a 100% chance to stand before a holy God. And, like, are we investing our time, you know, where are we investing our time to do those two things? And just, yeah, just the need to slow down. No, I think that's, I think that's encouraging, Scott, because I think for – even for my own soul, and Daniel, I'm going to reference you, is that um, many times that you've met with me of, like, even, like, our own time of just sitting in God's Word, of how quick we're um, to read God's Word and not let it sit and meditate. You use the example of, like, if I had muddy water, um, but if I wait 10 minutes, all that sediment would eventually end up on the bottom to where I could see things clearly. And I think that illustration just sits with me more. It's like, how do we providing those moments where we are sitting we are focusing, having, because Brian said, like, whatever captures our imagination governs our behavior. And so, like, how often are we thinking about Christ? How often are we um, meditating on who he is and how he has offered us this path of life that leads to pleasures forevermore uh, versus this path that seems right to man, but it leads to death and destruction? It's like we need those times where we want our um, kids to see that because, like, even just in moments where we can just pause, like those are the times where we can also tell like, Hey, this is why it's so important to put off these things. Like remember, you know, Ephesians two of like the, remember the positional truths, like you used to be this, but now you're this, why would you run back to that? Like, I think there's just practical ways for in the moments of just slowing down that um, it even helps us to point our, our kids to that. And so I think it's just, it just resonates even with me in my own personal devotional life of, how quick I am to finish this, finish that. Um, but rather just sit at the feet of Jesus, which is what my heart needs and which is what our kids need. It's, it's really hard for me just talking to other parents and family sometimes. And they, they just talk about how busy they are. And, you know, Kevin DeYoung talks about in his book, like Jesus was never busy. He always had, he had, he had to say no to certain things, but he had just the right amount of time to do exactly what he wanted to and how, just how you have to prioritize your life and think about what's most important and what just being able to say no to things. He quotes Peter Kreeft in the book who talks about, we want to complex complexify our lives because if we had leisure, if we had this space to stop and think and meditate, like we would have this great gaping big hole in our hearts and be terrified because that hole is so big that nothing but God can fill it. And 
you know, I think just practically just how can you eliminate things in your life and for the sake of both building time into your schedule with your kids, but also just for yourself and creating opportunities and not thinking you just have to hop from activity to activity and from one sports season to the next. And uh, just those things are good and there's a place for them. But if you're just constantly on the move and, you know, I think it's Matt Chandler. I've heard th- saying the joke before, like just throwing chicken nuggets into the back of the van. Cause you're going from one thing to the next. Like that's not how you should live your life all the time. Yeah. So you, I mean, you guys are talking about two things slowing down to invest in your kids, but also to uh, invest in your relationship with the Lord. Um, and, and both of those just require intentionality. Like you will have to say no to other things to do either one of those things. Um, and so thinking about investing time in your kids, slowing down, you know, <clears throat> we are, um, for better or worse, just a really like goal oriented, achievement oriented society. And so, uh, sometimes I will, sometimes I stack my day up according to achievements and like things I'm wanting to get done. And I've almost had to adjust my way of thinking that building relationship with my kids is something I'm trying to achieve. Like it's, it's a priority, it's a goal. And so I'm going to invest time into that today and uh, that thinking that way has helped me um, because I'm, I'm slow or I'm, how would I say that? Um, I, I, I rarely slow down just to be with them unless I do it on purpose. Um, and so seeing that as, as a goal, like that's something I'm trying to do um, has helped me. And, and the same thing with thinking about time invested in your relationship with the Lord, which leads into kind of the thing I was going to share. Um, Brian was talking about this transformation coming from um, a re- being renewed in the spirit of your minds. And he talked about vividly imagining the possibilities of both pursuing the things of the world and pursuing God. Like w- what are the outcomes of those and having, you know, kind of vividly imagining what those outcomes are like and, and, which gives you the fuel to, to pursue one over the other. And, um, I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, you, you talked about slowing down long enough and there's just kind of this big space. Um, and Jerick, you were, t- you were talking about the same thing, kind of vividly imagining. I was thinking about, uh, Jonathan Edwards. I read this thing about him and I, I can't remember now off the top of my head where I was reading it, but it's, it stuck with me. Um, it talked about how, he would ride around in the woods, like on his horse, because <laughs> that's, that's what they did back then. Back then. <laughs> um, so he would take these rides in the woods, and he would uh, imagine heaven. He would imagine God and the presence of God. And he talks about like being caught up in the spirit of God in those some of those moments. And that's always just like captured my imagination. Like, man, what was that like uh, for him? And um, and even you know, yeah, I've tried over the years to grow at that, like to, to be able to slow down and be still and imagine God. And, um, and I think about Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please God without faith, uh, because you have to believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I think about that a lot. Um, just the idea that I, I will never pursue righteousness in the things of God. If I don't believe that God exists and, 
and also believe that he rewards those who seek him. In other words, like he's offering me a better reward. Um, and so I, I ought to pursue that and run after it and go hard uh, after it to get it. And so, you know, I'm thinking, tying that back now to parenting, how do we, how can we do that with our kids? How can we train them in that, which is, which is probably something that we need to continue to grow in. Uh, how do we invite them into that? What do you guys think? I mean, everything you just said makes me think too of Second Corinthians 4, fixing our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so I think in the busyness of our culture and our lives, like with our kids, like a lot of times in our parenting, all we're doing is, like you said, going from activity to activity, achievement to achievement, like task to task, practice to practice, you know, I mean, stuff you're doing around the house, you know, that just needs to be done. Like it just needs to be done, but building space. I think our, I mean, I just think of my own life as I think about my kids, like they're just thinking about us hopping from, you know, the daily things of life. And it's very much like we're fixing our eyes on the things that are seen. And so how do you build time in your schedule to find a horse, I guess, and take them for a ride. And I mean, just, yeah, we're not going to do that, but you know, building, you slow down in life so that you can spend time you know, reminding your kids, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. And he talked a little bit in the sermon about just cultivating an imagination. And one of the reasons that's so powerful with our kids is, you know, showing them that there's, you know, more to life than just what's here and now and the physical realities of what we see. And so, you know, this is why we tell stories to our kids and, you know, make up stories. And, you know, my kids love that kind of stuff. And we're building imagination into their hearts and minds and souls. Like, because we're preparing them, I think, for some of these things, but that requires time and slowing down so that it's not just, you know, car ride to car ride to activity to activity to throwing you in bed and, um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, Brian was quick to mention at the end, he said uh, that we must slow down enough to get past be good at school. So a lot of these practical things that, you know, um, Chad Bettis will say, uh, you know, we prepare our, our kids a lot to prepare for graduation day and like their college, their career. Um, but he's like, why don't we prepare them for judgment day? So he's like, I want to do uh, my part in not getting them prepared to go to Harvard, but to go to heaven. And again, that's like the powerlessness that we also face because we know we cannot change their heart, but it's like, how do we recognize the long-term vision that they are going to stand before Christ one day? Um, we have no way to change their heart, but at the same time, everything that we're doing to prepare them for that day, um, everything that we're doing to help them see the value and treasure it is in following Christ uh, and that he is the savior and redeemer and rescuer that we all need, including us as parents. And so it's like we're modeling that, as we've said before, we're modeling that example of why he is so essential, why the church is so essential, why it's thinking of eternal life is so essential, which I feel like reflects what Second Corinthians says and other passages of scripture so how do we have that bigger picture um again aiming for the heart but which uh then i think allows them to think long term versus the short term and the behavior modification that we've said before of just like we just want them to get through this get through that get through that but that doesn't prepare them for what's coming um long term in the future that's good um so just wrapping up this series we've acknowledged a few times throughout the series how 
um, overwhelming a lot of this is. And, um, and parenting in general is overwhelming, especially when you begin to think about the eternal ramifications of it. But my kind of final reminder to all of you uh, who are listening in to us uh, as we are sitting here is that God is for us. And uh, he is for our kids. He loves us and there's grace. Um, and so maybe, you know, maybe you're at a place in parenting where you're um, trying to think about, you know, exposing the heart and getting to the vivid imagination, but maybe you're at square one and um, it's overwhelming for you to think about even opening the Bible up and reading it with your kids. Wherever you're at in parenting, uh, my encouragement is to take one step forward. Um, go back and listen to these sermons. Um, they'll be on the website, pray.org. You can look from there under resources. Um, but just think about what's one thing you could do to expose your kids to the things of God, whether it's just to pray with them at night before bed or to find some time that you can open the Bible and read it together. Just take one step uh, forward. That would be my encouragement to you. It's been a blast uh, walking through these sermons together, and I hope you've learned something. I hope you've been encouraged and um, encourage you to to keep tuning in. We'll uh, continue with new episodes next week, so join us then. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.